0: I've had so many conversations with manufacturing leaders on how it's such a struggle to get younger people to engage and want to pursue careers in manufacturing. What that indicates to me is that manufacturers are losing the gamification game. Hey guys this is Calvin Williams with Improver Technologies and this is Feature Highlight. In this Feature Highlight we're going to talk about continuous improvement gamification. And how Improver can help you leverage gamification to engage your people at a much higher level to drive for outstanding business results. But before we jump into the technology itself, let's talk a little bit about continuous improvement gamification. In this talk, we'll cover what is CI gamification? Why is it so important? What are some of the commonly used techniques and how do you increase the effectiveness of gamification within your Organization. What is continuous improvement gamification? It is a technique for engaging people in improving business results. And the key word there is engaging people. When we talk gamification, what we're really talking about is human motivation. Gamification and motivation are almost interchangeable here. So some of the characteristics you'll notice about gamification is this is a technique that is mastered by the gaming and entertainment industries. If you think of movies, sports, if you think of video games, you think of gambling. All these industries have really mastered the art of gamification, and that's why they keep people so engaged, so hooked in. Can't wait to finish work so they can get to uh, some of those things that we spend all of our discretionary income on, right? The other characteristic here is it leverages the natural drivers of human motivation. The other big characteristic of gamification is that it minimizes disengagement. There's a lot of industries and a lot of companies that struggle, really struggle with disengagement, right? And some of the symptoms of disengagement are withdrawal, apathy, complacency, cynicism, absenteeism, rudeness, etc. I've had so many conversations with manufacturing leaders on how it's such a struggle to get younger people to engage and want to pursue careers in manufacturing. What that indicates to me is that manufacturers are losing the gamification game. People are finding it, almost anything more interesting to do than go work in a factory. And that absolutely needs to change if we want to if we want to attract top talent into the manufacturing industry. So why is it important? Number one closes the motivation gap. And the other big reason is it accelerates growth and development. Let's touch on those a little bit. So number one closes the motivation gap. As continuous improvement practitioners and experts, we tend to focus a little more On the skills gap right we say hey this is a tool that you need to learn how to use become proficient at let's go through some coaching let's go through some processes let's use this methodology so you can become proficient at using this tool so you can go out and drive performance in your area of the business all that's good and great but the reality is even bigger than the skills gap is the motivation gap right there is a huge motivation gap that we as continuous improvement practitioners just haven't addressed. We see that our leaders are sometimes struggling with this as indicated by the fact that many continuous improvement initiatives get started and they just don't sustain over time. Right. And we end up not meeting the goals that we set out to begin with and we give up prematurely because of really what it comes down to is the motivation gap. So the idea behind closing the motivation gap is we tend to look at work and play as two opposites. All work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy, right? I work hard so I can play hard. So we look at these two things as opposites. What we're learning now, and and you can see a lot of tech companies and a lot of companies starting to try to incorporate more play into their working environments. I would say that there are still some opportunities to leverage play to get the work done and not just playing for the sake of play. The idea here is that work and play don't have to be opposites, right? And and you look at the adult learning industry that's uh, incorporating more play into workshops and activities and things like that to, to try to engage the adult mind as well as the kids mind right and we and we all know that children learn the most through play they don't want to sit in the classroom and learn they want to be out in the playground learning and some of the most valuable lessons life lessons are learned out there on the playground so the idea is to actually leverage play to get work done if you can somehow manage to make work feel more like play you've got a powerful system of really driving work and, and really engaging people at a higher level. The other piece here accelerates growth and development. I think this goes without say that a person who is unmotivated is probably going to have a much lower growth curve than a person who is highly motivated, as you see here on the left side here. So essentially unmotivated translates into low growth, motivated translates into high growth. and here's the here's the catch twenty two, right? You've probably seen the expression, you know what happens if we invest in our people and they leave us? And then the other person says, you know, what happens if we don't invest in them and they stay? Well, the reality is, is if you want your business to grow, if you want your business to perform at a higher level, you want to do better. Personal growth, the growth of each individual, the growth of a collective organization of individuals translates into business growth. Processes and technology alone doesn't quite get you real true business sustainable business growth what gets you sustainable business growth is the growth and development of your people and motivation plays a key role in the rate of development of the people in your company at large okay so let's talk about gamification like what are some of the techniques and strategies to use to gamify your organization so i want to talk about something called the octalysis model you can look it up a gentleman by the name of Yu Kai chow created this model and he's a game designer and game developer right We all know there's folks out there who will sit and play Fortnite for (laughs) three or four days straight and only stop to eat and for a bio break. How is it that these game designers are able to motivate and engage people at such a high level? And what can we as business leaders learn from them so that we can engage our workers at a much higher level as well? Here's the eight core drivers of gamification. Here, I want you to see that every individual is motivated by different things and probably a different combination of drivers, right? So when we talk gamification, we're really talking about human motivation. The first one is meaning and greater purpose. Okay, this is being associated with something greater than yourself or something beyond yourself, right? So if you think of the company I think about when I when I talk about this one is, is, is Tesla, for example, whether you love or hate Tesla, the thing you can't deny is Tesla is a very mission-driven company, and there's a lot of people who gravitate to that mission. While many other manufacturing companies across America are struggling to get talent, get talented people to come work for them, Tesla's not having that problem. And one of the big reasons is because they're a very mission-driven organization. Empowerment. This is building skills, building capability, being able to do more with your time and talent. Social pressure. If all 2.6 billion of my friends are on Facebook, then I need to be on there too, right? So there's a social pressure that's highly motivating for some. Unpredictability. When's the last time you watched a great game? You know, a sporting event, right? There's a good chance that there was a high degree of unpredictability involved in the game, right? When's the last time you couldn't put down a good book or just had to watch that next episode in the Netflix series, right? So that's all unpredictability is highly motivating avoidance so fear of loss I can't lose the thing I work so hard for you know I don't want to be embarrassed I don't want to fall behind where I was uh, this is where a lot of punitive management techniques come from because there are people who are highly motivated by that core driver scarcity who isn't motivated by a good sale I better get mine before they run out scarcity highly motivating for some Ownership. This is a huge one. If you think about the U.S. economy, the housing market, for example, and I think money comes in here because money, money enables more ownership. Accomplishment. Some are highly motivated by accomplishment. Right. If you think of a lot of technologies now are incorporating badges and things like that so that people can engage at a higher level, do a little extra to earn the next badge. Degree programs, promotions, those kind of things are all. Uh, highly motivating for people who, who are motivated by accomplishment. So the thing I want to emphasize about this is as a leader who is molding and shaping the culture of your organization, all of these core drivers are at play in your organization right now today, right? Not just your work organization, but in your house, at your church, these levers are being pulled and used every day to drive people's behavior. Right? And if they, if these don't exist, Nobody's there. (laughs) You have zero engagement. Right. But if people are showing up, then these levers are at play. And I would imagine that to some extent we're all motivated by all of these things. It's just that on an individual to individual basis, some are going to be more motivated by some versus the others. So let's dissect this model in a couple other ways. So if you look at the left half of this, you got accomplishment, ownership and scarcity. These are all internal motivational drivers. These are. These are more motivating for people who are internally motivated on the right side of this. you got empowerment, social pressure and unpredictability. These are more for people who are externally motivated, motivated by external forces. On the top half of this, you got uh, accomplishment, meaning and greater purpose and empowerment. These are more effective for people who are motivated by the desire for improvement. So we're looking at desire here. And then you know, on the bottom half, you got scarcity, avoidance, and unpredictability. These are more effective for people who are motivated by fear or fear of loss. If you're concerned about the engagement levels of the people in your workforce, and, and obviously engagement has many implications, including retention, including recruiting, including how fast people can uh, develop once they're in the job, including continuous improvement, right? And continuous improvement is dependent on the level of engagement of people at pretty much every level in the organization, right? If people just aren't engaged, it's just not going to happen. So how can you increase the effectiveness of your gamification within your company? Here's a key thing to, to take note of. You can use the core drivers to mold the organizational culture. You can probably map your culture against these eight drivers something like social media or facebook is going to be stronger on the social pressure side right like i mentioned tesla is going to be a little higher on the meaning greater purpose side something like a mlm program or a real estate agency is going to be a little more on the ownership side especially if they're independent agents so you can you can map your company's culture or gamification system against these eight core drivers and then you'll see some are excelling more in given areas here's the other thing to note about this where you're strong at versus weak at on this model determines what kind of people you attract and retain. You can sort of push the different core drivers based on who you want on the bus. As with everything we discuss, gamification and the application of this methodology or, or system also falls within the PDCA framework. So in the plan phase, um, what you're doing is mapping which techniques you're applying against the company's goals and strategy. Right. So if you're a entrepreneurial company that's looking to move fast in the market and grow quickly, you're probably going to bring in people who are more motivated by uh, the top half of the top half of these because these are more growth minded people. If you're if you're in a sort of a leveling sustainability phase and you're just trying to keep from falling back and maybe cost cutting mode, you're going to be looking for people who are motivated by scarcity, avoidance, unpredictability, for example. So depending on who you need on the bus, you may pull or push the levers that uh, that will get you those people and, and start to drive those motivations. the other thing for the planning phase is to form a hypothesis on what will happen do first thing you want to do is mitigate risk before you implement the techniques there are some examples where gamification has gone bad for example ge used to cut the bottom 10 percent of all performers every six months that's a type of gamification that is highly risky right because you're turning the workforce over at a higher rate you're not allowing uh, long-term expertise to build up and uh, GE has paid a price for that. So, uh, you want to be careful about which techniques you apply. Just understand that you can apply techniques to drive performance at the check phase. Again, you want to allow enough time to generate significant results. And when I say significant, I mean statistically significant, Then you want to observe the changes to the culture, the attitudes, the engagement levels, and of course, business results. If you're, properly applying gamification, you should see business results starting to tick up in the right direction. In fact, you can game gamify around certain business results and uh, actually improver gamifies around eliminating downtime. Downtime is completely destructive for your business. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about exactly how improver does that. And the last piece is act. And here you're just adjusting as needed. And another key piece is just to document and share key learning. So as you learn as you're trying things at one location or at one plan or at one office, document what you're finding and share it with other locations so that they can benefit from the same experiments that you've, that you've conducted. So let's talk a little bit about how improver gamifies your elimination of downtime as you're probably aware, downtime is destructive for your entire supply chain from beginning to end. There's estimates out there that downtime costs companies anywhere between a thousand and $22,000 per minute in the U S and the same dynamic is true in other places of the world as well. So Improver helps to gamify the elimination of downtime. And Improver does one thing. It's built on a framework that enables gamification to happen. And it enables you as a leader and as a participant in the organization to pull these levers as needed to gamify the elimination of downtime. This, this specific framework is based on tracking downtime and OEE and rate loss and quality losses, not only at the line level, product level, system level, plant level, but also at the individual user level. Because from my experience and study after study has shown most downtime is driven by human error. So the more proficient the operator, the less downtime you're going to see right? And if they really and truly learn how to take excellent care of the asset and equipment, you're going to see a lot less downtime. So Improver applies a framework where productivity, efficiency, other metrics are measured at the individual user level, which is extremely powerful because then it enables coaching, personal development, uh, benchmarking, and everything else that's needed to really help develop proficiency and close the skills gap within your manufacturing organization. Just to pull out a few here, meaning and greater purpose, right? So what Improver does to help you pull that lever is it has a strategy deployment piece that engages leadership and everyone all the way from the shop floor up to the CEO in committing to not only continuous improvement, but driving out waste from your manufacturing processes. And then it makes it visible, right? So everyone can see how everyone else is doing against driving their goals, not just at the operator level, but at the supervisor level, whose performance is an aggregate of uh, the operators that report to them. So yes, even as a supervisor, you can compare yourself against other supervisors to see who's closing the gap between current and target condition. When it comes to scarcity, as everyone commits to their improvement objectives, they also set a target completion date. So that adds uh, a time scarcity. And then uh, again, everyone can see who's making progress and who's not, which brings on a little bit of social pressure. As uh, downtime and productivity is measured at the user level, there's a much higher degree of ownership. Accomplishment, of course, right? So uh, as you as you reduce downtime, as you drive deeper into root causes, as you complete RCAs, it actually tells you, hey, here's where you started before you did this RCA, here's where you're at today, and here's what you said your target was for OEE or downtime elimination. So it shows you your percent to complete. And it keeps you in the PDCA cycle. It keeps you in the RCA cycle until you close the gap between target and actual condition. And then once you accomplish that, obviously you get rewarded, you get recognized and, uh, it sends notifications across the entire network that so-and-so just set a personal best. They just reached a milestone. They just uh, had a success story and it really engages the organization in helping create that conversation or stimulating that movement toward eliminating downtime in your company. And of course, things like the Better Everyday Wall, where it's almost like a Facebook feed, has a social pressure piece. As people create success stories and have personal bests, the site recognizes, hey, Johnny Online 3 had a personal record today, it'll automatically post that as content on the the Better Everyday Wall. And it just allows everyone else in the organization to give a high five, almost like a Facebook like or something like that. And uh, really engage with the user on, you know, what is it that you did to achieve success? Let's share some best practices and let's positive reinforce good behavior toward truly eliminating downtime and increasing productivity in the the operation. So uh, these are just a few things that Improver can do to help you as a leader really shift the culture toward driving continuous improvement, eliminating downtime and driving up productivity or any other objective that your company needs to accomplish. Again, this is Calvin Williams with Improver Technologies. I really hope you enjoyed the video. If you have any questions or any thoughts, feel free to leave a comment. Also, if you have ideas for future videos, make sure to leave a comment or send me a message or reach out to me one way or another. And we'll try to get those worked in. Otherwise, I really appreciate your time. Have a great day. Thank you.